0: You are now listening to the Life in Football podcast. Check out the new website, lifeinfootball.com. Once again, the website is lifeinfootball.com. Thanks for listening.
1: This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This Get
0: on track. Yeah, that's life and football. It's life and football. We are life and football. Welcome to the Life and Football Podcast, baby. I'm your host, Mike
2: Fee. And this is your Colin Moore. You know, we love life and enjoying football.
0: Top-notch coaches all around the world. Top, top top-notch coaches all around the world. Today, we got Coach Drew Davis on. Coach J, baby, he represent for them UCLA Bruins because he's the director of player development over there, and he's doing a great job. He born and raised Denver, Colorado, baby. And when he was in college, he played for them Oregon Ducks. And at the same time, now, he was a Walkers Award winner. He played some NFL ball for the Atlanta Falcons. And this is a person who has intellect and he's trying to do some big things and help players all across, not just at UCLA, but all across the world by setting an example of being a great young man. And I just want to say thank again, I want to say thank, thank, thank you to him again for coming on. But without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and let Seymour
3: bring him on.
0: Coach Drew, how you doing, man?
3: I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on.
2: Hey, man, it's a blessing to have you on. I want to get right into it with you, man. So, like Mike said, you ended up hitting what all us dream of hitting that NFL. After that, how did you know that you wanted to actually get into the college football world and take a career going in that direction? Mm -hmm.
3: Well, it was just a matter of uh, knowing that I had worked a couple of desk jobs and did a couple of things after I played in the NFL. But I just had some great people in my life, some great coaches, some great mentors, Um, had a great director of player development named James Harris when I was at the University of Oregon. And I just realized how much players need help off the field as well. They have some great coaches on the field, but they also need somebody to invest in them off the field to help them chase those career endeavors that they want to do and just help them grow into great young men and into adults. And so that's kind of what I'm here to do, to kind of touch on the life things outside of football and to kind of let uh, these student-athletes reach their, reach their full potential.
2: Man, Coach, I'm so thankful that you saw that and figured out that's what you want to do because you're right. Man, a lot of us players, for me, for example, I had no clue what I want to do outside of football. It took me like six years after – um, college was over just to get a clue of what I wanted to do the rest of my life or some a majority of part of my life. So, with you doing that, that's a blessing. Like, now I bet the players love coming to talk to you because you already knew that that was a need and you already attacking it. So, how do the players get to interact with you?
3: Uh, we interact in a lot of places, um, whether if it's in, tr- in the training room, in the locker room, out on the field before and after practice, at training table, walking to class. Um, there's a whole bunch of uh, instances where we can interact. And I wouldn't say that they're, you know, gung-ho about talking to me. Sometimes it's just about when they're in a tough spot. Um, when they don't know what the next steps are, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So my biggest job is just to be around for when they do have those questions and when they are going through some things, you hope that you build up the relationship enough that when those things pop up that you're one of the first people that that come to mind for them to go talk to.
0: Now, Coach Drew, I want to hear a little bit about, you know, how it was for you growing up in Denver, Colorado, and then, you know, just ending up over there playing at uh, Oregon. Like, just give me your background, how it was for you, and if you got siblings and everything, like how it was for y'all growing up as well.
3: No problem. Um, Just growing up in Denver was great. Uh, I have my mom and my dad who were very hard workers. I got two brothers, two sisters. Um, Just never saw my parents miss a day of work, and I think that's where I get my hard work ethic from. Um, But they put me in baseball at the age of eight, and then that was the first sport I played, and then after that I played football. So every year I was playing football and baseball. Still got a very good love for baseball. Um, But once I got into high school, I I gravitated more towards football. I started working harder to be in football. I realized that my parents didn't have any money to send me to college. And so I said, hey, you know, I might as well take some of the burden off of their table and get an athletic scholarship. So that's something less we have to worry about. I ended up being very good at football and concentrating in the classroom, ending up with a 4.0 in high school. And then kind of that's when I knew that that would be an avenue for me. So just being able to have football as a vehicle to, to be the first one in my family to graduate uh, from a four-year university and get my degree um, and to be able to have them not stress about paying for my college, taking out loans and things like that were very important to me. So like I said, I had some great coaches in in Little League and in high school and some great mentors um, that poured into me. And I know the importance of that. And they, I still talk to a lot of them until this day. And I don't think I would be here without them and without a lot of great friends that surrounded me and helped me get to where I wanted to get to.
0: Now to continue the conversation right here where we at, how did you end up at Oregon, and did you have other choices that you really considered to going out of high school?
3: Mm, great question. I actually um. I had 26 scholarships at the end of my junior year in high school. And so after that, I stopped accepting scholarships just because I knew I had a lot to pick from already. And uh, it, when it came down to it, it came down between UCLA and uh, Oregon. And I actually took a trip to Oregon just because the founder of Nike was from there, Phil Knight. Shout out to Uncle Phil. And uh, when I went up there, you know, the trip was bad. It was rainy. They got their butt beat by Arizona. Um, But I just felt comfortable. I had a gut feeling that that's where I was supposed to be. I felt safe there. I felt the people were genuine. And, um, and it's actually kind of funny. My dad wanted me to go to the UCLA. He's all about education. He, he didn't really care about football, that matter, but I cared a lot about football. So I wanted to actually go get a degree and, and play for a pretty good football team as well. So that's kind of what led me up that way was the Nike stuff at first. But then once I got there, it was a gut feeling of just knowing that this was a place that was going to take care of me. And they had some great people surrounding that were going to be able to give me the support I needed.
2: Now, Coach, you sound like you you beyond your years man like you really like a a 70 year old man walking <laughs> in a young man body so i want to know when you got the organ and you calling him uncle phil night so if i said that correctly oh uh, did you start getting into the business side of stuff like just understanding what everything was going on while you was up there
3: no, I, I would just got into enjoying college, honestly, being away from your family uh, kind of helps you grow up a little bit. I was a little bit more mature than I would say most people were at that age. But honestly, it was a tearing my ACL my sophomore year after my very first start is when I had to start thinking about things more critically. Um, what else I was good at? Like I said, I've been playing football since the age of eight. It was a dream of mine to go play in the NFL, and that's what I wanted to do. And once I tore my ACL, I had to kind of step back and say, okay, if football got taken away from me today, what would I want to do? And at that point, I still honestly didn't know. I wish I could tell you, hey, I wanted to be a director of player development, but I still didn't know. But I had, like I said, I had James Harris who was there and he saw something in me. And so from that point on, whenever we had some community service stuff, some resume writing stuff, um, the small conversations we had in his office and just talking about, you know, hey, what do you wanna do after college? Where do you see yourself going? Those things really helped me help put into perspective of what I wanted to do or kind of the direction I wanna go in. So I know everybody doesn't have that chance um, or have that person around. Um, and I would say tearing my ACL at that point was one of the best things for me because it helped me realize how easily the game of football can be taken away from me, but also just how much when I got back healthy, how much I wanted to maximize that, uh, the best of my ability that I could.
2: Man, God truly bless you, boy. Because everything that you done said, it's been lining up for you. Your dad wanted you to go to UCLA and you back at UCLA. Like it's just everything going for you. So – with everything lining and up and you getting all the information you was getting from your player development person at Oregon and now you're one and now you get to pass on all this knowledge. Do do you bring the players in sometime and just sit them down one on one and get to talk with them? Or you just you just go as you go.
3: I talk to him as a group and I talk to him one on one. I think um, just being a young black man, I think sometimes we can see when people are struggling. Like I say, I see these guys every day. So I know what they're like when they're at their highest. I know what they're like when they're at their lowest. And so you also just can look on their faces and see, hey, he's not uh, he's not himself today. And so maybe that's not a conversation I just walk up to him and have at that moment. But maybe I wait a day or two. Maybe I kind of hang back and and follow them in the training room and just keep my eyes on them and just be a fly on the wall. Maybe I ask another player, hey, how's such and such doing? Do you know anything that's going on with them? And you kind of just use that to check in and keep tabs on everybody. But for the most part, um, as people, we kind of know when things aren't right with people. We kind of know when we should say something to them. We kind of know when they need a little pat on the back or when they need some consoling or things of that nature. Um, So it's all about having that emotional intelligence, when to approach people and just how to talk to them as well. Um, to get things in perspective
0: coach i want to know how it felt man like when you finally made it to the nfl and you had the opportunity to put that helmet on and go out there for a game or even a practice like what was your thought when you were walking around out there
3: um, I think at the very beginning, uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, I came out during the year of the lockout. So um, there was no football at one point. I want to say the lockout got lifted and the first round of the draft went by and then the lockout got put back into place again. So when I showed up to training camp, I was actually working for DirecTV before I went out to Atlanta. So I went from one day working at DirecTV back in Denver to the next day standing against, standing next to guys like Tony Gonzalez, Roddy White, Julio Jones, um, people like that. And so for me, it was kind of like, wow, these are dudes that I've watched on TV that I followed a little bit and now I'm on the field with them. Um, But once you get after that, like probably first or second week, you're kind of like, you know, this is just like college with, you know, people getting paid a lot more money um, and also just better athletically. Uh, But for the most part, being able to live a childhood dream was was awesome. And and I want to say sometimes you just get used to it and you kind of get complacent and not in a bad way, but you just show up to work and you're like, all right, this is what I get to do for a job. My paycheck is coming on Tuesday. That's great. But this is me being at work on the practice field, stretching, doing one on ones, doing seven on seven, doing half line drills Um, and you get used to that. But also it's just something that you're like you work so hard to get to um, that. You kind of just once you're there, you kind of just settle back in and you're like okay this is the same game of football i've been playing for the last 20 years of my life
0: now from you going to oregon and and like you say like everybody and i'm pretty sure it wasn't just you everybody on the team probably calling Phil not uncle phil or referring to him as uncle phil which by the way you know that's coming from the comedy or series fresh prince now with the players looking up to you and I'm pretty sure someone may call you Uncle Drewski or, you know, Uncle whatever. How are your keys or what are some of the main things you would give, not just the guys at UCLA, but some important keys for players out there to be successful, not just in football, but in life as well?
3: Awesome. Um, I just think a good starting point is to to carry yourself how you want people to see you all the time. Um, And just knowing that, You know when you have college coaches and college teammates a lot of your resume is going to be put together right here and i don't mean just your resume on paper i mean the way people look at you and see you um if you're one of those guys that clown around a lot and nobody can take you seriously whether you're lazy and don't work hard you show up late to stuff that kind of stuff follows you around the same people who you're going to be connected to for a long time so when you're trying to go get a job or something like that and you have a teammate that works somewhere They're going to refer to back when they knew you at, you know, 18 and 23 years old. Not that it's a totally bad thing, but that's what they're going to have to refer to you when they're thinking about, hey, should I hire this guy? Should I should I kind of recommend this guy for this position? Should I put my name on the line for this guy? And then after that, it's just just being a matter of just kind of focusing on what you want to do. It's kind of cool if you don't know what you want to do. I'm not saying you have to but just kind of starting to get those wheels turning as far as what sector you want to be in. Do I want to do some community stuff? Do I want to have a nonprofit? Do I want to work with people? Do I want to work in sports? Do I want to work in business? And start making those connections right now. Don't wait till your junior, senior year when you're, you know, about to graduate or close to it. It's never too early to start reaching out to people. Um, One thing about being a student athlete, um, there's going to be a lot of people that meet with you just because you're a student athlete. You're going to get some emails back from people that, you, that normally wouldn't email people back that cold call them or cold email. So use being a student athlete to your advantage as much as you can to get your foot in the door. But then after that, you also have to bring some stuff, substance. There has to be something about you that other people like and that they want to invest in or that they say, hey, I think I see some potential in this young person.
0: Well, hey, y'all heard it right here, man. That was Coach Drew Davis, Director of Player Development for the UCLA Bruins. He's doing a great job. And y'all heard about the player when he was doing his thing as a young man. We we got to even hear how he grew up. And then we heard how he became the coach. And now – He's doing a great job at UCLA and helping young men. So, players and anybody who's listening, spread this message and let everybody know about the Life in Football podcast or we can assist you, especially in your development as well. So, I just got to give another shout-out to Coach Drew for coming on and doing such a great job for what he's doing right now and the job he did on this podcast. Thank him again. I can't And I can't only say so much because the director – of um development at any school is very important and i gotta say thanks to all the um coaches out there man for the job they're doing and the time they're putting in and i'm gonna leave y'all how i always leave y'all keep your head up and not down or else you'll fall to the ground this is the life in football podcast catch you next time
1: This is a new state I try to get right. This is a new state to get on track. Yeah, that's life and football. This is a new state to live your life. This is a new state I try to get right. This is a new state to get on track. Yeah, that's life and football. It's life and football. We are life and football.